When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. This is Joe and Amber, but today it is Amber and Drew. Drew Carter filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh. And guys, I have a confession. This is not something that I mentioned in the pre-show meeting. James Steele is going to die at this. It happened again. It happened again. (laughs) What you just heard on the intro, me say, wasn't going to happen again. It happened again. I had another little scheduling snafu. Now, again, Mm. I am the biggest Gators fan. And now I have turned into the biggest Gators baseball fan. James, stop looking at me sideways. But yesterday, I planned my whole vacation. I am on vacation right now. I am in North Carolina. And I am here with my best friend who went to Florida with me and her family. So the families are all, we're all Gators, right? We planned our whole vacation yesterday around this game that we were convinced was primetime, 7 p.m., like, you know, all the other games. And apparently, it wasn't at 7 p.m., but I didn't realize that until I walked into a random brewery in Franklin, North Carolina to get a drink because I was killing a little time, me and her, waiting for some pizzas to be made. And all of a sudden, I look on the television and it is 14 to 3 at that point. 14 to 3. I had missed 14 runs. And by the way, that was nothing because the Gators end up winning with 24 runs yesterday. An unbelievable performance. I missed half of it. More than half well, of it. You, I mean, you know the final score. If anything, Amber Wilson can look up the box score on ESPN.com. Congratulations. Now, this one's about to be the first pitch in LSU Florida, winner-take-all, game three. Do you think Skeens is pitching tonight, Amber? Uh, you, you I do. I do ball? know Skeens is pitching tonight. Mm. I know that because I Googled it uh, before nice. the show. Google right now. My best friend. I did what? know Caglione or Caglione. Caglione. There we go. Caglione, I think I got it right yeah. that time. Nice. I did know Caglione was going to get the go for the Florida Gators. As I understand it, he's like the NCAA version of Shohei Otani, and yet maybe not even the best player out there on those teams. It's unbelievable the players that are collectively on these two teams. It all comes down, all the marbles tonight, it all comes down to first pitch. They are getting going right now on ESPN. Yeah, I think it's definitely the two most talented teams. Maybe not the two best. I mean, Wake Forest has a case for that. And I think a lot of people thought that that Wake Forest LSU game a couple nights ago was a de facto final. But that's, I mean, super disrespectful to Florida. They're, they're an incredible team. They're the number two overall seed. They're going to have a top five pick in Wyatt Langford. James Steele's beloved Pittsburgh Pirates might take him and pay him like $3 million below slot because <laughs> they don't want to take one of the two LSU Tigers, Dylan Cruz or Paul Skeens. It is amazing, though, Amber. Think about this. If Florida does win tonight, they would be beating an LSU team that has the top two picks, most likely, in Cruz and Skeens. And according to Kylie McDaniel, who covers the MLB draft for ESPN, LSU has more talent than half the farm systems in Major League Baseball, just on this one roster. They are stupid loaded. Tommy White is like their sixth or seventh best player. He has over 100 RBIs. He set the freshman home run record last year at NC State before getting paid a bunch of money to play at LSU. So if Florida manages to knock them off tonight, that would be like – 
it's it's weird to say David beating Goliath because they're actually seated higher and they're number two in the country, but LSU is stupid loaded. Is it weird that I'm more nervous that we beat them twenty four to three yesterday than if we had beat them, you know, five to three? Like I'm more nervous because it feels like save a little for save right. a little for tomorrow night, guys, as I'm watching that game. Like save a little something. For the must-win game. And yes, last night also was a must-win for the Gators. But once we were comfortably right. <laughs> ahead with the, the lead, we knew there was going to be a game three. Maybe let's pull back a little bit. Save some of those bats. Goodness. Yeah, well, the Angels up in the big leagues outscored the Rockies 32-10 to across mm-hmm. a three-game series. And the Rockies won the series. Oh. <laughs> the Angels won, I think it was game two, they won 25-1 to and still ended up losing the series. So... What we're saying, folks, is anything can happen tonight, so you better turn on ESPN-TV and check it out. Now, Skeens for LSU, we were joking about that earlier. He's not starting for them, but he is available. If you have not seen this guy pitch, you have got to turn it on tonight. He's amazing. He throws 101-102 easy. Like, he barely even steps off the rubber. I think he should be the number one pick, not like I know anything. I mean, Cruz is amazing as well. But if you have not seen Paul Skeen's pitch, you should turn it on tonight because I'm sure they'll throw him out there at some point. And, I mean, this game, it's unreal. Like, this is the best College World Series I can remember. We've had some epic games. We had, really, the LSU-Wake Forest game is the best college baseball game I've ever seen. Scoreless going into the 11th inning. Two top 10 prospects pitching against each other in Skeen's and then Rhett Lauder from Wake Forest. Ends with a walk-off home run from Tommy Tanks. It was just, it was amazing. Anything you could have possibly wanted. And this game could be even better, and the winner wins wins it all. So watch it tonight on ESPN-TV as you're listening to Joe and Amber. Yes, watch it with the volume all the way down. Correct. Listen, of course, to ESPN Radio, but on your television, you can right. watch the national championship, the College World Series there between LSU and Florida. Joe and I were talking about this last week because I kept forcing this conversation into the show. I want the uh-huh. record to reflect. Tonight, I didn't have to force anything. First of all, all the shows on ESPN Radio actually talked about this game tonight. I was very proud. I turned in this morning, tuned in this morning to the morning show. They were actually having a conversation about Gators, Tigers, baseball. I was very proud. Last week, I was forcing Joe and Jay. I was forcing into the show. It wasn't anywhere on the rundown, much to James's chagrin. Today, I did not have to force anything in. But Joe said last week that he feels like the College World Series always has so much unbelievable excitement. And it does feel like there's so much excitement, right? Like there's so many walk-offs and there's so like the way that these games go. And I can't say I'm always tuned in. You're probably far more tuned in than I am most really? years. I mean, you know so much about it. I find that right. I do. You know, I, I do. I'm a, I'm a little bit of an expert here. Uh, yeah. Only when the Gators are in it and only when they're playing at 7 p.m. though. Do you feel like the College <laughs> World Series every year has an unusual amount of excitement for NCAA baseball. Oh, yeah. It's an incredible event. I mean, it it's a lot like NCAA basketball. It, it seems like the general populace doesn't really care that much in the regular season. And then we get to the postseason and in, in hoops, everyone's filling out a bracket. And in baseball, everybody's watching it. Oh, my gosh. I'm watching this game. And first pitch. I'm your boy, your boy, Jack Tani. Are you really not even I'm watching not right now? I'm not it yet. I don't oh, have man. it pulled up yet. I'm trying to do my job over here, people. Repeat offender. The game started at 7, Amber. I knew the game started at 7. Also, my radio show started at 7, so there's that. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Round out your protection with life, phone, and pet health insurance. I don't actually have a television in the room that I'm in since I'm on vacation. You can't keep reading ads and avoiding this. I'm going to tell you what just happened. 
your boy Jack Tani, Jack Caglione, precious Florida Gator. First pitch of the game yeah. plunks the leadoff man for LSU, uh. Cade Beloso. And if you've been watching the College World Series, you know that that is a pretty big target in, in Cade Beloso. He hits belly bombs, and he takes first on the – on a hit by pitch on the first pitch, then he comes is back that, and is throws. Is that the guy who looks like he's twenty eight on LSU? That, most who of them won do. It, who won who won the first game for them? Yes. Is that that guy? Some, there's some stuff going on with these LSU. Te- we need to check some IDs. That's some all I'm saying. What, what's up, James? To be fair, uh, Amber probably can't uh, open up her iPad because she forgot her password. So that's to a, it, that's so. a different iPad. Thank you. This okay. is my son's iPad. That has a cracked screen uh, because, oh, yeah. you know, I let my four-year-old play with a half-broken iPad. And now I have to try to figure out how to pull up the game here on the ESPN app. I'm going to need She's a commercial very young. break. She's the voice of the order. youth on this show. So. I am the, I am the voice of the youth. Just let her figure out how to use her iPad. Even though Drew Carter is like 15 years younger than me. I am the voice of the youth. <laughs> Stick with me, kid. You'll learn a thing or two. Drew, coming up next here. On Joe and Amber, where does Draymond end up if he doesn't stay with the Warriors? There's one team in California that would make a lot of sense. We'll get into that next. Drew Carter filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Whatever happened to Usher? Come on! <laughs> Anticipating. Drew Carter. Filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh here on Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Still slaps that song. Still slaps. Draymond Green, he's old enough to remember that song. He's also old enough at this point to have won a whole bunch of championships, been one of the best defensive players in the league for many, many years, and he finds himself an unrestricted free agent, Drew Carter, because he opted out of his player option. It seems like he's going to work something out and end up back with the Golden State Warriors, but maybe not so fast. There's other teams in the league that certainly could pony up and offer him some serious bucks. Brian Windhorse, ESPN NBA writer, was on Get Up discussing this. 
First off, Steve Kerr comes out and says he doesn't see the Warriors remaining as a contender if Draymond is not on the roster. Then, before Draymond goes on his European vacation, he met with the Warriors ahead of his decision to opt out of his contract. From what I'm told, those were constructive discussions. So he opts out, but he opts out with the intention to talk to them about a new deal. Last week, they trade Jordan Poole for the expiring contract of Chris Paul. This cleans up the some of the pressure on their books going forward, gets them into position to offer Draymond Green a long-term contract. There are some teams out there with cap space that are intriguing options for him. The Detroit Pistons, which would be home. The Sacramento Kings have cleaned up uh, their books and opened up a bunch of salary cap space after a draft night deal. Both of those teams, I think, would have interest in him, but I don't think either are compelling enough to have him leave the Warriors, especially if they're willing to make him a representative contract offer, and all signs point to them doing so. So let's start with the Detroit Pistons angle of this, because to me, we always do this with every single player. Well, it's home, right? Wherever home, that dude wants to go there because it's home. We make that assumption. I feel like, frankly, in every sport, when a guy is a free agent, we have this idea in our minds that everybody wants to go home. If home was the Detroit Pistons, that ain't where I would want to go if I was Draymond Green, no matter how much I loved home. That makes absolute sense to me. As someone who's from Minnesota, if I were an elite NBA player, hard pass. I'd go anywhere else over the Timberwolves. Uh, but we were talking about this before the show. I'm, I'm on the same page with you, Amber. I think the home thing is a little bit overrated. If you think about it, Draymond Green, who's from Saginaw, Michigan, went to Michigan State. He spent probably half as much of his life in the Bay as he did in Michigan. And he spent his adult years in Oakland and San Francisco. I, I feel like you can make the argument that Golden State is as much home for him as Michigan is. And it's probably appealing, but not appealing enough to get over the fact that it's the Pistons that he would have to play for if he is going to go home to Michigan. The more interesting one to me is the Kings, because I feel like there could be a nice little rivalry festering in Northern California. If the Kings don't go after Draymond, which I, I think they will, but even if they don't land him and they've opened up some cap space on the draft, getting rid of Rashawn Holmes, and they have enough cap space to do this, but even if they don't, Maybe they go after Clay Thompson next summer when he's a free agent. Just go after I feel, all I feel the like, Warriors. Yeah, I feel like Sacramento just wants to take a chunk out of Golden State, right? I mean, they had the epic first-round series this year. The Kings owner, Vivek Renadive, used to be a part owner of the Warriors. It just feels like there could be a lot of bad blood there, and obviously they're not that far away from each other. So I think that would be really interesting. Plus, from a basketball perspective, I think Steve Kerr is right. If they lose Draymond... They might not be a contender. They were not a good defensive team last year. They were a little bit below average, 17th in defensive rating. And Draymond was one of the best defensive players in the league, even last year, even in this advanced stage of his career. If they lose him, I don't know how they're going to stop anybody. The Kings, meanwhile, were 25th in defensive efficiency, first in offense. That's how they got the three seed. But that's what that's why they lost in the playoffs. You bring in Draymond, all of a sudden, that changes your fortunes dramatically and, and makes the Kings – probably a favorite to, again, be a top-four seed in the West. So Draymond could kind of be the interesting centerpiece of a potentially budding rivalry. And, oh, by the way, he said on his podcast last year he wanted to play the Kings in the first round, and that's obviously what ended up happening, and it was a great series. 
Draymond has been gone from home for a decade. So I tend to agree with you that yeah. he's probably fine and very comfortable out there on the West Coast, at least right now, being away from home. Also, these guys, I mean, their careers compared to the rest of all of us out here in regular old jobs, their careers are so short, even if they're in the NBA for a longer career than most. And so they have plenty of time to go home on the backside. He can move to Michigan for the rest of his life when he's 40, you know, right, right. now when he's 33, he can go where he can also do some serious winning. And he's still got a lot left in the tank at 33. All of this, though, comes down to when you're talking about him going back to the Warriors or going anywhere new. It's like how much is left in the tank in terms of what size of deal and the length of the deal that you want to sign him to. Because he opts out with Golden State. They're renegotiating with him. The reports out there are that it would be something more like a three-year deal with Golden State. Could he get a longer deal somewhere else? Does he care about getting a longer deal? Are we talking $100 million? type of deal for a Draymond Green that is well on the wrong side of 30 now, even if he's playing at an elite level still defensively, like you said. I do think the Kings are interesting because they were a good team. They were a surprisingly good team this past season, a team that certainly does need uh, some extra help there to get even better, but a team that you feel like if they brought in Draymond right now, all of a sudden they're a very impactful team in the Western Conference. I don't know if taking a chunk out of the Golden State Warriors with Klay Thompson in a year does nearly as much. I think Draymond right now at 33 does a lot. I would be a little concerned, though, about what length of a contract he's looking for. Because again, it's a player that, yes, right now is still elite. I could see that decline coming here in a couple years, though, particularly defensively because of the way that he plays basketball. Yeah, he's 33. I think he's still one of the four or five best defensive players in the NBA. I would have voted for him over Jaron Jackson last year. No offense to all four Grizzlies fans who are listening. Uh, I think Draymond Green is a super impactful guy from a locker room perspective as well. Maybe not always in the best way, right? I mean, we we saw what happened with Jordan Poole last year. But the fact that the Warriors jettisoned that contract of of Jordan Poole, and I think that is the correct verb there, jettison. you got to get rid of that because Jordan Poole might have a promising future as a scorer in the league, but the contract just didn't make any sense for them in their future. That is a signal to me that they want to keep Draymond for sure, and and they want to keep Clay, and they want to keep that core together because – This is a team that, I mean, it's easy to forget because we're all so gung-ho about Denver right now, but Golden State won it all a year ago. And it's not like these guys have aged in in rapid fashion. It's not like they're 10 years older now. It was only a couple years ago that Golden State was on top of the NBA mountain. I think they could easily get back there. So I find it hard to believe that Draymond would leave, but I I do think he's going to have to take less money than he could get on the open market to stay with the Warriors. And then it just... just Then it comes down to your priorities. I mean, they did just trade away the guy, though, that was pivotal in them winning that championship last year in Jordan Poole. Like, we're all looking at the Jordan Poole trade like, well, they did that to appease Draymond. Also, because Jordan Poole, I'm getting choked up just thinking about the punch in the face. Also, (laughs) because Jordan Poole, obviously, things did not go as well. He didn't live up to expectations this past season. But the reason that they gave him that monster extension with all of that money was because he was so pivotal in helping them win that championship. So, yes, that core three could still remain there if they bring back all of those guys. And they're not so, so old. But it does feel like the Warriors are not the same Warriors as they were when they won that championship. So whether they bring back Draymond or not, I don't know if they're in a position to win another ring. If you're Draymond, do you feel like somewhere else might give you a better situation to do that? Would you go 
a little bit further south and see how that works out. Coming up next, is it time for the Damian Lillard era to end in Portland? We'll get into Dame time. Joe and Amber, the podcast. The NBA is certainly a year-round sport now. The off-season rumors are almost as fun as the regular season in the NBA. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Drew Carter filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh tonight. You can find him on social at Droodle25, right? That's right. Nailed it. It's only like the sixth time we've worked together. You got it. Sixth time is the charm. (laughs) At Amber W Sports, that is how you find me on social media. Let's bring in some help. With all of these off-season rumors around the NBA, three-time NBA champion Danny Green joining us here on Joe and Amber. And Danny, thanks so much for your time. We were just talking about Draymond Green and where he's going to end up. It feels like he's going to work things out as an unrestricted free agent, sign a new deal there in Golden State. But if he leaves, how shocked would you be that he would be leaving that team? I would be pretty shocked. Um I said it seems as if they're making space and making room for him. They did the Jordan Poole trade, I think, to to make the locker room a little more clear and easier for him. Obviously, with Chris Paul coming in, we don't know how well those guys get along. It'll be very new and weird, I think, uh, at first for them to kind of become teammates. But um, I'd be shocked if he left. But if he did leave, I wouldn't be too shocked with this business. You know how it goes. Um, I don't see him going anywhere outside of California if he does leave. Um, So there are some teams in California able to offer and, and get him free agency but I do think he returns as well so Danny if Draymond does leave it sounds like the Kings are a potential option is there another team in California you think he could go to I mean you know his relationship with Braun is is a a pretty strong one so I could see him trying or them trying to figure out a way and you know Clutch has a pretty good inside with what's going on with the Lakers uh, organization as well Um, I could see them trying to make room to, to bring him there or I don't know if he'll take any friendly deal to go there but they don't have a lot of cap space or, or, or to to bring him in after trying to bring back Rui or Austin Reeves, but I'm sure they would try to figure it out. Um, but yeah, the other teams that they're talking about, maybe Dallas, but I think honestly, if he were to leave Golden State, it would be to either Sacramento or LA. I couldn't see him leaving, uh, you know, the Bay Area to go outside of uh, anywhere other teams. Maybe Dallas outside of uh, the other California teams. Yeah, it felt like for a minute there that Dallas was clearing space. Then they made a trade with Sacramento. Now it feels like maybe Sacramento trading space there for him. If he left the Warriors, though, Danny, what would the Warriors be without Draymond Green? Like, how are they still a contender? As long as you got Steph Curry, you're always a contender, right? So um, you got Clay Thompson as well, another Hall of Famer, another great shooter, Chris Paul. You for sure always going to be. Uh, in the playoffs and a contention talk with those, you know, those two, those three guys. Um, they are a lot less of a team without him. It's hard to replace him, uh, but I'm sure they could find some other people that can, can try to do the job, but there is nobody out there that they can find similar to be able to play that role and, and be and do what Draymond does. So they'll definitely be a shell of themselves without him, uh, but they still will be a, a really good team. And I said, I don't know if they're contenders, but they're definitely a playoff team that you know could make some noise i don't know if they're contenders without him though at this stage of his career danny is draymond worth you know 100 million dollars for multiple <laughs> years at, at the age of 33 do you still see him as that player yeah i think a lot of the guys in this league especially with the cap going up are worth that you know i'm for everybody getting their money getting paid he's been doing it at a high level i think he can continue to do it at a high level it depends on how many years you're talking with that 100 million dollars 
Um, and it all depends on what, uh, what your demand is and what the, the market has. There's not many people that can replace him or that can do what he does or in his position. Um, with Najee Reed signing back to Minnesota, now his market goes up even more. He, there's a less of a, f- a four-man out there, power forward, that can screen, you know, facilitate, and do the intangibles that he does. So, you know, I think he's definitely well worth it um, in this market, um, as well as in some so many other guys. But we'll, we'll see what happens. It's going to be very interesting. Um, I think I'm looking forward to it, but I, I think it's going to be a pretty easy, predictable off-season free agency for most guys, with the exception of a few, and I think he's going to probably end up back in Golden State. ESPN NBA analyst Danny Green joining us here on Joe and Amber. So the Hawks, they were able to dump is what it feels like that John Collins salary. They traded John Collins to the Utah Jazz. They get back Rudy Gay to future second round pick for Collins. Collins was owed 78 million over the next three seasons. What is your reaction to that trade? I was in shock. Uh, Not the fact that it happened, just how little was given back in return. Um, but, you know, it's the new CBA. Everybody's scared of that second apron. But a lot of these guys are getting traded for a lot less value than I thought. I mean, that I think they are, they're worth. Um, I know Bradley Bill was traded for a lot, but I thought a lot more would have should have been given, and especially for, for John Collins as well. I, I, he was the guy that led this team. So Eastern Conference Finals, I said this earlier, and he was a, a big key to that. You know, put up some big numbers, beat us in Philly uh, with me and Joel, put up some crazy – it was an X factor in that series. And – um you know, he helped Atlanta get to that, that stage, and I think he was worth more than what Atlanta got in return. But, you know, I guess they were trying to dump salary, and they achieved what they were their goal was set out to do. It's also wild that the seven seed has to cut contracts like that. He probably didn't, didn't manage <laughs> things very well, if that's the case. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Danny, I want to ask about your former teammate, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, he declines his player mm-hmm. option in Toronto. He's going to hit the open market now. How do you see that situation unfolding? I think that's going to be the one that's going to be unpredictable. We're not going to know or for sure see where his mind or his head space is. Um, it's hard to predict where he's going to go. I don't see him returning back to Toronto. I think he wants a, a situation where he gets a chance to, to win again. I think Toronto was, was in a good situation, but they weren't in a winning situation right now the last couple of years. I think it's been frustrating for him as well. I think he wants a new atmosphere, a new city, a, a new organization, a place to reinvent himself. Uh, but also be said in, in a contention and winning situation. So it's going to be interesting to see who can who can grab him up. Um, and I think he's a key. He's one of the the key factors. Really good free agents out there that is grabbable. That is not going to return back to his team. Most of the other free agents, I think, are going to end up returning back to their teams. Uh, but he's the one guy that can you know change the the balance or change the wavelengths of how free agency goes. Three-time NBA champ Danny Green joining us here on Joe and Amber. Drew Carter filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh tonight. All right, Danny, so another day of the NBA offseason, another conversation about Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, we do this every year. We've certainly done it every day here since the season ended. Do you see Dame and the Blazers parting ways? Uh, I think so. I think uh, if they don't make moves early in this July offseason free agency, we can see Dame um, more than likely pushing his not pushing his way out the door, but kind of tiptoeing half a, half a foot out of saying, you know, I'm open to taking phone calls now. Uh, if they don't, I think they they were looking or he was expecting them to move that third pick. They didn't. Uh, Scooter's a great pick. I think he's a very well-rounded player and a, and a good young prospect. Uh, but I don't think he's he's a rebuild situation. I don't think that's what Dame is looking forward to doing. So if they keep that pick and they keep him and they don't get any other free agents or some valid 
you know, veterans in there, I think it's going to be very tough to keep Dame. So we'll see what happens in the next week, week and a half. And um, that'll dictate where, whether or not Dame is, you know, one foot or one foot out the door. The Dame situation is so unique, Danny, because it kind of feels like he's a blast from the past where he, he's not just going <laughs> to – he's not going to leave at the first possible chance he, he has. Sort of reminds me of Kevin Garnett back in the day, but aside from that, it's kind of hard to find a comp for this where he obviously wants to win, but he wants to do it in the place that drafted him. What, what can you tell us yeah, about got- Damian Lillard's personality that might explain, you know, how he's playing this? He's an old school guy, man. I mean, he may not be that old in, in age, but his, his soul and mindset is very much of the old school guys. Not many of those around, and you gotta, you know, commend him on, on his approach and, and how he's handled this and how he wants to win a championship for his city and for the city that's drafted him. Um, he's from the he's from the Bay, he's from Oakland, so it's not really his city, but this is a place he's made home, called home. They've drafted him, they've groomed him, they've given him the keys to the city, and you know he's very loyal to that, and they've they've taken care of him. And they hope, I'm sure they both, on both sides, hope to continue that type of relationship, whether it's there or not, that they can, either if it doesn't work out, they can ship them out on, on a, the, the right way and continue to be cordial with each other. But he's the type of guy that wants to win where he's at. And he, he's shown that time and time again, and you got to commend him for it. And I, I, I'm a guy that roots for him. And I think a lot of people root for him. So I hope to see that it happens and it makes it, they make it happen for him. That loyalty has certainly made him extra likable in addition to his electric play on the court. Danny Green, ESPN NBA analyst. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Right now, Florida up on LSU, 2-1 in the College World Series. Top of the second, right, Drew? I am watching it on my cell phone. Yeah. I'm nice having job. to try to zoom in to see what's even happening in this game. I need bifocals. Do you want, do you want offering. to... Uh, you want an extra update here? Uh, I do. Please, you need to improve. Please. You need to improve your Wi-Fi in the cabin. By the way, uh, runners on the corners for LSU. Top two. I'm a little behind. I'm watching on YouTube TV, uh, but the count is now three and two with one out. Top of the second. LSU down by one. This is a really good game. Mm. Really good. You should watch it. I should. On a I screen should watch, bigger than your right, phone. Right when it stops buffering, I'll get. I'll get right back to watching it. But at least the Wi-Fi is holding up for us to do this radio show. I am thankful to North Carolina <laughs> Wi-Fi for that. Yeah, the, wi- the Wi-Fi is where it needs to be right now. Yes. Uh, Disagree. All, all of the resources being here for this radio show. James is like, please stop even trying to watch the game. No. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber. It's time for us to rank some stuff. They're forcing me into it. I'm going to do it. Fine. Let's talk wide receivers in the NFL. That's next. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. I feel like we're about to talk about Damian Lillard to the Miami Heat, but we're not actually. We're we we don't to have to NFL be talking about Miami receivers. to play this song. This song's like a banger no matter what. It doesn't it mean we banger. don't have to put out a statement apologizing for playing this song. It didn't mean anything. You can listen to this song whenever you want. Well, maybe it means that on my list of top five wide receivers in the NFL, I'll have a couple of Miami Dolphins receivers on that list. You need to be Stay tuned for that. That is the voice of Drew Carter. He's thrilled to be here (laughs) filling in for Joe Fortenfall. You can find him on social at Drudel25. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Let's go ahead and pick them. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. Prescott has had a fantastic windows my whole career. You want to win the Super Bowl. To the top five NFL fan bases. 
We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank Them, the top five wide receivers. Number five. Oh, we're just hop right into it. Got it. It's the first time we've done this. That seemed abrupt. I'm ready to go there. Number five is a guy that I think a lot of people forgot is a top wide receiver. From the top five. (laughs) (laughs) Sam was just so excited by me getting into my list. He felt like it needed extra production underneath it. We're very excited. Yeah. A lot of people have forgotten Cooper Cup is still a top receiver in the NFL because the Rams were terrible this past season. And that dude still balled. And if that dude can ball in that offense, I feel like it's even more of a testament to him of how great he actually is. His dip in quality of play has nothing to do with him and everything to do with the offense that has surrounded him. He is absolutely still an unbelievably high-level threat from the slot. He's got just deadly skills at that position. We saw it be so successful in a Super Bowl. He is still in the league, and he is still a monster at that position. I think it's totally right to have him in the top five and maybe even too low. I mean, if you want to know the best receivers in the NFL, people who are totally objective, go to fantasy football players because they don't care about what city the guy plays in or whether he's on the favorite team or not. They just want to know who's going to put up numbers, and Cooper Cup is going to be a top three to top five pick in fantasy this year. So I agree with you. He should be in the top five. Number four. Stefan Diggs. Although I did get a little nervous putting Stefan Diggs in this list because we know what has happened here this offseason with Stefan Diggs, and I don't know what's going on there with him and Josh Allen, and there's some weirdness as we enter another season here with the Buffalo Bills. I'm hoping that weirdness doesn't show itself on the field because otherwise this is going to seem stupid that I have him at number four. From a skill position, though, Stefan Diggs, that dude is unbelievable. I mean, I watched him just absolutely cremate my Miami Dolphins defense <laughs> at times. He's unbelievably explosive in his routes, the difficult catches. I mean, he's got some of the best catches in the NFL in recent memory. Stefan Diggs, I just think, is an unbelievable player. It all has a lot to do with the chemistry, though, that he has with Josh Allen. We also saw him be unbelievable before that and uh, maybe leave the Vikings on not the best note. Mm. Maybe also he's finding himself a little disgruntled in Buffalo. Again, I'm hoping that's not the case. Number three. Jamar Chase for the Cincinnati Bengals. What else is there to say? I mean, he's he's an incredible, the downfield capability that Jamar Chase has. He's got a, an unbelievably legitimate deep threat capacity. He completely has changed that Bengals offense. Obviously, that relationship with him and Joe Burrow is one that we expect to play out for many, many years at a championship contention level. You can't go wrong with Jamar Chase. His skills are off the charts. Number two. Justin Jefferson. Now, a lot of people might have Justin Jefferson number one on their list. And you can make an argument that this is the best receiver in the NFL. I can also make an argument he's the second best receiver in the NFL. I'll get to that in a moment. Justin Jefferson, though, when it comes to the analytics, when it comes to the box score, that dude leads at every category just about every time. He is a threat at every single level that there is as a wide receiver, 
He can play every single receiver role on that field. He helps that offense in any spot that you put him at. Even in the backfield, Justin Jefferson can do it all. He is unbelievable, but not quite as unbelievable as... Number one. Tyreek Hill for the Miami Dolphins because... He's a Miami Dolphin. No, I'm just kidding. It's not because of that. It's because he's legitimately the best receiver in the NFL. He is the fastest receiver in the NFL with maybe the most detailed route running of any receiver as well. That dude is absolutely deadly. You can't touch that speed. Nobody can touch that speed. Not even Justin Jefferson. He's the best receiver, not just because I'm a homer. I think it is because you're a homer, actually. I, th- I think I think it is. Uh, and I have to say on brand, though, you know. <laughs> yeah. Not the only one, though. Not the only one here at ESPN Radio that has Tyreek right. as the best receiver in the NFL. So I'm not the only one. It's not an outlandish take by any means. If you had put Jalen Waddle in the top five, then I would say you're being a I, huge homer. I really wanted to. What? Just for the humor of it all. I really right. thought about it. The craziest I got was putting Cooper Cup on this list because nobody else at ESPN Radio today had Cooper Cup across the shows. That's I think the, the re- I, got. I think everyone else is crazy. You're, really? I, mean, I think you're right. Yeah, I have oh, my own list. Else, uh, I thought you meant everybody else on my list, right? All no, these no, 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 no. Shows no. are crazy for not having Cooper Cup. Got it. Yeah, I mean, on my list, I have my number two after so what Justin is your Jefferson. List? We've got time. What's your list? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're not going to do all the the fancy production stuff because my name's not on the show, but. My top five wide receivers, Justin Jefferson. He was the Offensive Player of the Year this past year, in case you forgot. Uh, no one thinks Kirk Cousins is an elite quarterback, but Justin Jefferson still leads the league in everything every year, so right. he's number one. Then Cooper Cup, super productive when he's healthy and his offense isn't a joke. Super Bowl MVP. Mm-hmm. I got Cooper Cup at number two. Then Tyree Kill, as much as I love to call you a homer, he's an incredible wide receiver who – I think he was the key in changing Miami's fortunes last year, in addition to two improving, but a lot of that was because of Hill. Then Jamar Chase, no surprise there. And then number five, just to be different, I go Debo Samuel. I love Debo Samuel. I don't hate that. I think if you put him him with a super elite quarterback, he'd put up numbers just like the rest of these guys. And he's the only wide receiver in the NFL who plays like a running back. Anyone else lining up in the backfield? Uh, not on this list. So I, I think Debo, look, that might just be because I want to be different, but he deserves some, at least some consideration in this conversation. Now, most of these other lists had A.J. Brown. Uh, he was just outside there of my top five. I did consider him. Devontae Adams, also the other receiver yeah, you not guys on my list. know that Devontae Adams exists? He's the yeah. biggest snub yeah. from I, our Who's list, his quarterback, though? I mean, that's fine, but, like, who's exactly. throwing the football this season? I don't even know. And that, that it's part of the problem I have with putting Devonte Adams on this list. Is he right now a top five receiver in the NFL? Well, that's not his fault. I mean, I, I do think he's the best route runner in the NFL. I mean, you said that about Tyreek Hill. I think that title belongs to Devonte Adams. In, yeah, that's in my fair. Personal I opinion. could understand having Devonte. I don't. I mean, listen, he would be right outside my top five. I don't have a big problem with it. No other real curveballs. Uh, didn't didn't uh, Keyshawn not have Justin Jefferson anywhere on his list? That's, that a, that's insane, yeah. What yeah, do you guys think just, about that? That's just Key trying to – he's taking a page out of Orlovsky's like, book. It's like Mark it's Jackson not putting days. Nikola Jokic on his MVP ballot. It must uh, have been a mistake, right? It's an, it is an absurd uh, absurd list by Keyshawn Johnson. Maybe he's got a personal vendetta against Jake. Joe and Amber, the podcast.